Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, November 15. Inspire others more by your example than by what you say. Next, seek to inspire them even more by your vibrations than by your example. An act of kindness may not be understood in the spirit you intended, but vibrations of kindness will influence people's feelings, changing them from within. Kindness is a vibration of consciousness and therefore has no boundaries. That's really so interesting. I mean, the simple idea of inspiring people by your example, what you are, speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying, is uh, what you do, you know, they often talk about to parents, it's not what you say to your children, it's who you are with your children that really influences them. Everybody can see how you behave, and if your words say one thing and your actions say another, your words are really useless. And if your actions say something, your words are often quite unnecessary. But then Swami takes it a whole step further, as he does in the subtlety of these, and realizes that sometimes even our actions are misunderstood. People just don't know what we intended. A friend of mine, I mean, this is a small thing, but somehow or another, um, she saw, she, she, when she was a child, she thought the worms wanted to be in the puddles. So she spent a certain amount of her time moving worms from the ground into the puddles and only realized that she had spent a lot of her childhood drowning worms. And it was quite distressing to her. It's an extreme example. But these things happen where we set out to do something that we think is going to be useful. And then later on we actually find out that it wasn't useful at all. So yes, we can act with intention. And this is where Swami says, you know, sometimes acts of kindness are not understood. Somebody may be very upset and you're trying to help them and you do something, but they just misinterpret what you're doing and their emotion and they just don't know what you intended. And it all, it can come out worse. But vibrations of kindness are emanating a quality that, that absolutely wishes the best for everyone involved. And Swami says the power of vibrations of kindness is that the magnetic force of your vibrations will actually change the vibration of someone else, will draw them into a higher, more comfortable state of awareness. And it's very, very real. I was remembering a story in this context. Uh, a friend of mine, um, let me just get this straight for a minute. Um, let's see, a mutual friend of ours was dying of cancer, and she was only in her 30s. She was actually the first person I think she was the first personal friend who died. This was decades ago now. But she was quite young to be dying. And uh, she'd had a very tempestuous relationship with her father. His name was Jake. Um, her, the, my friend's mother, Jake's wife, had also died of cancer. So Jake was beside himself that his daughter was dying. Now, she had moved away from her father. She had a tempestuous relationship with her father. He was very controlling. She was very rebellious. She absolutely did not want 
to have to live under his thumb. She moved away and set up her own life. But when she started, was really toward the end of her life, Jake came, was staying in the house with her. And as as our friend became weaker, Jake began to move more and more into a decision-making role. So three friends of mine, Paula and another friend and I, wanted to go visit our friend Mary. And we called, and Jake said, No visitors, she's too tired, just like that. And we, the three of us, talked together and decided that Mary had really never wanted Jake to run her life, and it was probable that she did not want Jake to manage her death either. And just because she was too weak to fight back didn't mean that we all had to just do what Jake wanted. So we gathered ourselves up and went over to the house where she was staying. We got to the door, and fortunately, Paula took the lead. Fortunately, it wasn't me. I think my other friend would have done better, but I wouldn't have been able to deal with it properly because my friend Paula was absolutely sweet, absolutely kind. We got to the door. Jake saw us. He knew Paula already. He saw us. He said, I told you not to come. Paula, just with total compassion, she totally understood who Jake was, how much he was suffering with a complete vibration of kindness, said, Jake, we just had to come. Just like that. And then she didn't say anything else. Jake said one more time, she's too tired, you can't come. Paula just said the same thing. Jake, we had to come. And then he said no the third time. She repeated it for the third time. Then he sort of stepped back and said, well, don't stay very long. Just like that. Now, I think if I had been there, I would have argued with Jake. And probably Jake would have loved nothing better than to punch me out. He was so absolutely anguished over the loss of his daughter. And Paula just emanated kindness to him. She just had nothing but compassion. She knew we were going in to see our friend. She knew that Jake couldn't stop us. But she, she, she cared as much for him as she cared for our friend. It was as simple as that. It was really, fortunately, it was early in my life, but it was one of the most dramatic examples I've seen of exactly what Swami is talking about here. Because we were completely contradicting him. We were not doing anything that he wanted us to do, but she did it with such a vibration of consciousness, of kindness, that he simply wasn't able to hold his anger against her. Now, she was a very powerful, saintly person. But nonetheless, how often that is true, that people are very upset and we we treat them the same way that they're treating us, and all of a sudden it just gives them an excuse to be even more angry. And so sometimes there really is nothing to do except to just be very, very compassionate, very concerned, very sympathetic. I I have have had this experience when I've been in India and have had to deal with, especially in earlier years when I would travel there, I would go every year or so, um, in meeting uh, impoverished people on the street, beggars, sometimes, or very aggressive uh, merchants, you know, just people who really needed money and seeing a Western body, Western person in a Western body, they naturally and correctly assume that a little bit of money from my wallet would be a lot of money in their wallet, especially in the 80s and the 90s is what I'm talking about. But I also really began to realize that if I emanated kindness 
and sympathy, even if I didn't give people money, if I just saw them as fellow human beings just doing their best to survive, it didn't always work. But much of the time, it just completely neutralized the unpleasantness of the situation. All of a sudden, we were just people together, you know. And so Swami's just reminding us that our first responsibility, always in every situation, is our own state of consciousness, that we have to keep our state of consciousness correct. It was very interesting when many of us, and I say us meaning sort of the founding members of Ananda, who um, have, had, have had to take on responsibility for the development of our spiritual communities. And many of us found ourselves in positions of leadership, really as a training ground as much as an accomplished skill. And one of the things that Swami told us when we were young, young in our positions, he said, it's presumptuous not to take your own spiritual well-being into account. And by presumptuous, he meant merely because you've been put in a position of leadership, even leadership within a spiritual work, doesn't mean that you yourself are beyond the need, that you have no spiritual lessons to learn. Merely being promoted within a spiritual organization does not mean that you are therefore more God-realized than the people that you're responsible for. We're just all in this together, and everybody has different um, talents that they're expressing. People who have a talent for leadership are given the opportunity to develop it, but it doesn't mean they're any more saintly then the people who are gardening or cooking or running the publications business or whatever it is, just different talents. Leadership is a talent like any other. So he said it's presumptuous not to take yourself into account. And then he thought, he, he described it to us this way. He says, perhaps in a situation, he said the people have behaved, they've taken advantage of the situation and a stern, you know, definite hard line might be needed. Stern was the word Swami used, not hard. A stern decision might be appropriate. He said, but if for you personally, making that stern decision is not the right thing for your own consciousness, he said, make a charitable one instead. He said, just don't do it. Because it's presumptuous not to take yourself into account. So it isn't just a question of how we're supposed to behave. It's actually a question of who we are in the doing of it. You know, in the context of life, you, you, you may have to be stern at times, but if it makes you tense, if it makes you angry, if it increases in you qualities that you actually need to diminish and overcome, then you need to be very careful about it because that's the vibration that will come across. You know, even if you've got everything lined up and it seems like it's the right thing, and people you know are exceedingly sensitive and they'll be able to feel it. When you're, when, you're, um, when you're actually motivated by some need of your own to have things be a certain way, when somebody's behavior pushes your buttons, when somebody's behavior makes you frightened about the possible consequences for yourself, or even frightened for the consequences of them, and you act like it's for their own good, but really it's your own fear that's motivating you. People will feel those vibrations of fear and they'll know that there's something wrong with what you're saying. A young friend of mine complaining about his mother, 
um, made this comment to me once, and I was very interested in it. He said, you know, my mother is always, uh, she doesn't want me to do this, and she doesn't want me to do that, because she's afraid something will go wrong. He said, she's absolutely right. Something's quite likely to go wrong. You know, it's not like I have it all together, and I know it's not going to. He said, but I have, speaking of himself, I have the energy, the creativity, and the willpower to do something about it if it goes wrong. So it won't be a problem on the level that it would be for her. Because she's older, she's more settled, she has less of a sense of adventure, she has a greater sense of propriety, just all the things that a mother would have that a young man would not have. And the young man, it's like the fact that it's risky. I mean, we're not talking about risking your life. We're just risking our convenience. You know, perhaps the, you don't really have a good spare and you might get a flat tire. You know, you don't really have quite enough money to make the trip and you're not quite sure how you're going to get the, gas, the gasoline for the last, but we could do this, we could do that. And if, if all of it crashes, it's just, he said, I have the energy to deal with it. And of course, I have the good humor to deal with it. So, so the desire on the part of the mother is really her anxiety. And it's her anxiety not based on his reality, her anxiety based on her reality. And now, I'm just talking about how vibrations speak much louder than the words that we're doing. So we always have to look very deep into ourselves. What's really motivating me? And that's the question you have to ask. Swami talks about actions of kindness and vibrations of conscious of kindness. But the real question is, what is my actual vibration? And once again, I say, and I've certainly experienced this, I will think I'm saying the right thing, but I'll get a very negative reaction. And sometimes, you know, there's an inclination to argue the point rationally. But I've, I've learned, I've learned painfully, but I've learned, if I get that negative reaction, much of the time, it's actually based on a truth. It's not based on a fact. <laughs> well, yes, based, not based on a fact. It's not what I'm saying. It's not what I'm proposing. It's not what I'm doing. But it's my actual inner attitude. And that vibration is what attracts the response. Much more of communication than we realize is an actual mixing of vibrations. Only a very small part of it is words. And I mean, when you talk words with people and you try to remember afterwards who said what to whom, Oh, it's just so remarkable. I just, I mean, it's really stunning. I, I think I have a good memory, although recently, it's not that I'm getting old and I doubt my memory. It's that recently I've been in so many situations where everybody was in the same room and we all came away with a whole different story. I know there have been dramas and movies made entirely on that. Same situation, five different angles. Oddly enough, I was told recently by a litigating attorney that eyewitness reports are really not considered very reliable because eyewitness reports are so often contradicted by other eyewitness reports because subjective factors come in and we start responding to vibrations, our own or other people's. But I've begun to learn that if my good intentions have a bad response, I need to really look inside myself and ask myself what vibrations I'm putting forth. Because if my vibration is off, I'm off. That's all. If my vibration is off, I'm off. That's what's happening. And so it needs to be worked with. Because your, it's your magnetism. It's our magnetism 
that really affects people. That's why Swami Kriyananda's presence was always so uplifting, because his magnetism was so attuned to the spirit that to be anywhere near him was an uplifting experience for all of us. Inspire others more by your example than by what you say. Next, seek to inspire them even more by your vibrations than by your example. An act of kindness may not be understood in the spirit you intended, but vibrations of kindness will influence people's feelings, changing them from within. Kindness is a vibration of consciousness and therefore has no boundaries. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.